0: Hello and welcome. My name is Dave Marquis. I'm going to be talking about creativity, uh, something that's very dear to our hearts and something that I believe God wants to really help the creative people um, to understand a little bit more. Uh, Personally, I'm a musician as well as a preacher and uh, one of the uh, lovely things that uh, I've learned is that creativity is very, very uh, dear to the heart of God. He is, in fact, uh, the creator himself, isn't he? Somebody called Emma Stebbins, who who died in 1876, said this, To me, it seems as if when God conceived the world, that was poetry. He formed it, and that was sculpture. He coloured it, and that was painting. He peopled it with living beings, and that was grand, divine, eternal drama. And as we... uh, approached the new millennium it was pretty obvious that God was on the move in the arts again um, there have been a lot of prophecies over the last 15 years or so that had uh, borne witness to this fact and, and and certainly in the last four or five years there have been many prophecies originating from all over the world that there's a new wave of God uh, on its way and uh, one of the things that he was going to do in this new way was to put artists, musicians, and creative people in the forefront of this move of his spirit. And so given that, I believe that um, it, it's time to examine um, the whole area and dynamic of the arts. Let's start with um, a, a basic knowledge, really, of New Testament theology. If you have any sort of grasp of that subject, you'll know that Christians are in a spiritual battle. What is a battle? Well, a battle is mostly concerned with gaining or defending territory, a fight for ownership and territorial rights. And as Christians, we are involved in warfare with principalities and powers that are continually enroaching upon territory that's rightfully ours. We cannot afford to passively accept this state of affairs, but we should instead be seeking to take the offensive and reclaim the territory that has been lost, because in fact we are actively involved whether we like it or not. The contested territory has even included a battle for the rights to the ownership of creation itself. What do I mean by that? Well, I believe that uh, the atheistic and materialistic and evolutionary philosophy that has pervaded Western society strongly denies God's ownership of creation, while Christians continue to assert it. This particular battle has raged for hundreds of years and has been heightened more than ever by society's growing desire for a rationalistic pick-and-mix religion, that only embraces the things it finds palatable. The battle for ownership of creation has also been extended to include the territorial rights of these things called music and art, and even of creativity itself. Where is this battle? Well, the battle is in the understanding, and it takes place largely in the mind, as we discover shortly. Shortly. The enemy has so far managed to pollute and darken the thinking of vast sections of the church, as well as countless creative artists. However, if we are to see a new wave of God's power that will harness the gifts and abilities of such people who are called to creative worship, we should not be surprised that these are the very people the enemy is keen on attacking and destroying." Our enemy, Satan, hates and detests any God-inspired worship and worshipper, for they are a serious threat to the kingdom of darkness. In Ephesians 1, verse 17 and 18, we read this prayer, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Having our eyes open to receive a revelation of who Jesus Christ really is and who we are in him is absolutely vital to effective Christianity. Without such revelation, it's impossible to make any progress at all, and we will pose no threat to the spiritual powers and principalities. This particular scripture reveals to us by implication a favorite tactic of the enemy, to propagate spiritual blindness and to cloud understanding wherever possible. It shows us that much of the battle will take place in the heart, the mind, and the spirit of a believer. It is a battle to gain understanding of our true identity in Christ, who we are and what God has made possible for us. It's also a battle to discover our true purpose in Christ, the realisation of what God has planned for our life and the abilities he has given us to use for his glory. Amidst the battle for creativity, the church has suffered heavy losses amongst its creative warriors. It seems as though we've unwittingly cooperated with the enemy and wounded one another, as well as forgotten how to apply the many creative gifts God has given us to worship him with. Creative people have been misunderstood, misused, and estranged from the church for many years. The enemy must be very happy about this. He knows only too well the enormous potential for creative worship that could so easily be unlocked and released. Max McLean said, creative men and women are in the church. Some express their art through music, but others sit quietly alone, waiting to be affirmed, encouraged and supported. They are waiting for the body of Christ to understand and find room for the novel, the film, the play, the masterpiece ruminating within that could reach beyond the subculture and challenge the basic assumptions of our secular age and point the world to the ultimate truth. How true and how sad. My prayer is that God will use this series to reveal truth to you, to enlighten your mind and quicken your understanding so that you may know the hope to which you have been called. Artists and musicians are called to be part of an end-time army, marked by humility and brokenness, which will take back what has been stolen from the church and the kingdom of God. When we look at 1 Samuel chapter 30, we read a wonderful story about King David the warrior. In this story, He and his men have been away on a campaign. They return home to Ziklag to find that the Amalekites have invaded, taken all their possessions, and kidnapped their families. David does a very interesting thing at this point. Usually when someone steals from you, your first reaction is to go and get it back immediately. However, instead of reacting instinctively, David goes before the Lord and prays, Lord, Lord. Shall I go after them? God replies, go, you will get everything back. You know, going on a mission to reclaim stolen property because you feel aggrieved and violated is one thing, but to go with a mandate from Almighty God, under his authority, to reclaim what is rightfully yours, is another matter entirely. You, plus God, is a massive majority. So, David goes into the Amalekite camp with God's approval and authority. He finds his enemies eating, drinking and rejoicing over what they have taken from him. The Bible says that David attacked them all day and all night and was absolutely determined not to give up until he got everything back. In the same way, I believe that God is raising up an end-time army who will have the same heart and spirit as King David. There will be a spirit in them that will want to go behind enemy lines and persist until they get back everything that has been stolen. Music, the arts, entertainment, the media, all the things that have slipped out of the grasp of the church and have been counterfeited by the enemy. In order to fight this battle, however, these soldiers will have to be battle-fit, well-equipped, and know what their armour is. They must be armed with essential military intelligence – knowing their enemy, where he lives, his strategy, and where his camp is. I've designed this series of talks to try to address some of these issues. Please come with me on this journey. So to recap, God has been robbed of his inheritance in creative people. The battle is on to reclaim them and bring the glory to God. He desires to restore true creativity and worship to his people. Our Heavenly Father desires to heal us, sanctify us, and help us to discover our true identity in Christ. He longs for us to come as little children and surrender to him so that he can reveal to us our true identity. I've been a musician for 40 years. I was introduced to music by listening to Sunday afternoon big band broadcasts on the radio with my father. My dad was a frustrated big band drummer who loved to accompany these broadcasts by, by using a pair of hairbrushes on a record cover. <laughs> I was about nine years old then, and somehow his passion got into my spirit because I eventually began playing the guitar at the age of 15, took up the bass at 18, and became a professional musician at 19. I'm now in my 60s, and since then I've walked, I've worked, laughed, and cried with some of the best and some of the worst in almost every field of music. I started out as a jazz musician, and then I trained classically at Trinity College of Music, London. Since then, by the grace of God, I've been involved in blues and rock music, films, television, radio, and records. I've played on cruise liners and ships, in bars, clubs, strip joints, in studios, stadiums, and concert halls. And for 40 years, I've seen and heard musicians and artists express their pain in various ways these talks are aimed primarily at creative people regardless of their specific discipline who have found christ and yet have not found the fullness of joy in worshiping him and using their gifts and also for those who are still searching for meaning in their art and their lives We've come to the end of this week's broadcast, but join us again next week when we will continue to examine the lost glory. In the meantime, take care of yourselves and be kind to one another. And don't forget, you can download all of these episodes as a podcast from our website, www.folliesend.org.